0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a fresh, brand new podcast of this incredible, incredible podcast, Physics of the Mystics, the very exciting podcast where we discuss incredible and very exciting and insightful concepts where we embark on an exhilarating journey that stimulates the mind and opens new windows of wisdom, inspiration, and light, in this thought-provoking series, we explore the captivating intersection of science and Kabbalah, seamlessly blending, synthesizing, and fusing these two realms together. And I got an action-packed podcast for you today. Hold on tight. We got a lot, a lot, a lot of good, incredible things to discuss. Join us. Share this with your friends as we delve into the profound connection between science and mysticism revealing how scientific concepts are not only an extension, but also a direct outgrowth and product of mystical wisdom. That's the big catch of this podcast. Science is an outgrowth of mystical wisdom. We are synthesizing and merging the two disciplines and fields so that you should recognize it's really all one. What you notice on the surface that we call science is really growing out of what's the source of that, and that is the blueprint of mysticism and Kabbalah. And this podcast, Kabbalah acts as the blueprint, while science becomes the magnificent building that emerges from Kabbalah. Get ready for a mind-expanding journey where we unlock the secrets of the cosmos, inviting you to explore the profound connection between science and mysticism in a truly enlightening and captivating manner. Physics of the Mystic podcast that you are listening to that I'm hoping you are going to share with many, many friends is where science and Kabbalah converge to inspire, to inform and transform your understanding of the world around us. Imagine you're growing up as a child and your father, your mother, an older mentor keeps on repeating to you the way um, uh, the, the switch, the light switch works in your home. you got no clue what they're talking about. But they tell you that if you push the button, it opens the light. If you turn it, it um, it's a dimmer switch, so it ma- brings more light and less light. And they start to explain to you the reason how, why the dimmer switch works that way and how it works. And they start to explain to you if it's a lead bulb, the way the lead bulb works. You don't understand a clue what they're talking about. But they kept on repeating it so many different times. And as you grow up and you get an interest in science, you start to see that it's exactly the way they explained it to you. And it's exactly the reason that they explained it to you. Now, you're still not an electrical engineer, but you start to grow an appreciation of what they were telling you that it was so true and so accurate. The same thing is also with Kabbalah, mysticism, and the Torah. What we're getting to discover, ladies and gentlemen, with today's modern discoveries, and not just in quantum physics, but in every area of science, we're getting to discover and see that the way Kabbalah discussed and discusses the way God created the universe and all the different numbers involved and the patterns and the the different ways in which things come together to, to be the way they are here in this universe, It's basically the way quantum physicists, theoretical physicists are explaining to us the way the world works. You know, in the past podcasts I I, I mentioned that they tell us there are 24 quantum fields, 26 quantum fields from which everything emanates out of the it bubbles out of the quantum fluctuations, and it turns into the quarks and into the neutrinos and into the electrons but it all is derived out of those 24 quantum fields i'm getting mixed up over here between the 24 did i say 26 or 24 anyways it's 24 quantum fields now isn't that incredible that there are 24 books of the Torah. 24 different books of the Torah. And the Torah is the blueprint for the universe. 24 distinct different books of the Torah. Now, it's not just coincidental that there are 24 quantum fields. Okay, if there was only one kind of coincidence between one basic idea and number and a jewish value it's eh, you know it was one but it's way more than that what else did we talk about in the past podcasts we talked about the 26 constants that if just there was a slight variation in one of those constants the world the universe could not operate the way it is speed of light The distance that the sun is from from the earth. Now, the name of God, the essential name of God, the numerical value of the essential name of God is 26. In other words, the essence that gives rise to everything here in this world, its numerical value, its energy, Is expressed in the number 26 so it's no wonder that we discover that there are 26 constants not 27 or 18 26 constants that determine the universe the way it is oh i forgot to introduce myself i got so excited to share with you all the information i haven't even started hold on tight i know i can't make the podcast too long because then you know everybody starts getting as The expression is they start getting itchy or ants in their pants so we'll try to um somehow condense a lot of information today's podcast my name is Rabbi shlomo azagwi i'm a rabbi here in south florida for already over 36 years i've authored a book that includes all 14 volumes of maimonides rambam's magnum opus mishnah torah it's called maimonides advice for the 21st century that means I had to have gone through all fourteen volumes many times in order to have compiled and authored the book that I did, and then I wrote another book on spirituality, which is over eight hundred pages, three hundred chapters, covers everything you can imagine in spirituality. It covers the mind, the heart, the soul, life, trust, and faith in God, spirituality, holidays, joy, depression. The Power of Thinking, The Power of Emotions. Everybody that reads that book tells me how uplifted and how much strength it gives them. It's called The Spiritual Soul Book. Both books are available on Amazon. And that's my name, Rabbi Shlomo Ezagwi. Today I want to share with you some other incredible ideas in quantum mechanics. And like I said, the point of this podcast is not just to discuss quantum mechanics, which I'm very fascinated um, with quantum mechanics in particular, but it's really to discuss all of science and how what science discovers in this universe is just a physical expression of principles that exist in the spiritual world. And because they exist and they are truths in the spiritual world, they later on coarsen and expand. And in the materialistic physical world become Exactly an expression of what is true spiritually it's like the phases of matter that we discussed in the past podcast. you have air and then air you don't see the air you know and and, and usually you don't even feel the air, but the air is very real. Airplanes fly on top of that air that's how real the air is, but then the air it turns into liquid and then liquid in the right environment, turns into a solid, into ice, and it all started out with something that you could barely even see, barely even touch. The same thing is also with spirituality and the physical world. The big books, the Hasidus and the Kabbalah books, explain it to us in the exact same way, and that's the fascination with science and quantum mechanics. A scientist will never be able to see spirituality because they're approaching it with physical tools. You know who can actually experience spirituality? A spiritual person. A person who is connected to their own spirit, to their soul, to the godliness inside themselves. And you get connected with spirituality and godliness when you are a godly individual. Those are the people who see spirituality and experience spirituality, and they are the ones that are telling us the way things work spiritually. Now, for many of us, we have to just, believe them and take it in faith that these are uh, honest people and they're telling us the way it is but today with the discoveries of science we are actually getting to see that what these guys have been telling us for the longest time is 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 actually the way it is because the spirituality that's the underlying energy that's the source that gives rise to the physical reality and to the physical truth otherwise where did the physical truth come out of it ha- it has its own source and that source that the great rabbis have been explaining it to us for years the pattern of 24 the pattern of 26 and the pattern of 4 and 3 which i'm going to talk a lot about today these are all essential numbers that represent fundamental pillars to the Jewish people, and to the universe. And then when we're discovering those exact same numbers in the exact same kind of a way, this is incredible fascinating. This is incredible validating. This is incredible, so to say, offering a tremendous amount of truth and strength to the truth that these great rabbis have been teaching us for these thousands of years. It makes putting on the tefillin exactly the way the rabbis tell us we have to put it on, those black boxes that the Jewish male put on their head and on their arms, it gives us a new, fresh sense of seriousness and importance to doing exactly the way they say we should do it because we see that the way they describe the importance of putting on tefillin the way we do is exactly the way modern-day scientists are discovering the way the world works. So without any further ado, let's get into today's new subject. I think maybe in the future, I need to hear from you, listeners, whether I should go back in some of the old podcasts and discuss a little, because I feel like many of the old podcasts, when I talked about electrons, talked about hydrogen, I talked about nuclear fusion, I talked about... um, the table of elements that go up to number 26, iron, nuclear fusion, which stops at iron, which is the most stable of all atoms. We talked about a lot of things in science up until this podcast. And I feel like I didn't give enough discussion to those topics in the past. So you can send me an email to my email address, which is physicsofthemystics@gmail.com, at gmail.com and tell me which podcast you'd like me to talk more about. And for that, you have to go and listen to those podcasts. (laughs) Ha ha, that's another trick. So please tell me if you want me to talk more about past podcasts. And if you do, which particular one would you like me to discuss more about it? But today we're going to go on with something new that I did not really discuss at great length or at all in past podcasts. And that is, I'm going to emphasize the importance of the number three and four in Judaism. This this is powerful numbers, my friends. Three and four is huge in Judaism. There are three patriarchs and four matriarchs. Not for no reason that there are three patriarchs and four matriarchs. That's because the patriarchs and the matriarchs are an expression of physical underlying energies. And because that's the way God created the world and created the identity of the Jewish people. So in the physical realm, it expressed itself in exactly three patriarchs and four matriarchs, and 12 tribes. And all of that is very, very much connected to this physical world. And you're going to hear about that right now. How many basic levels are there in quantum mechanics, in quantum physics? Three. There are three basic energy levels. That's it. That's basically the entire universe, as simple as that. In quarks, for example, there's the up quark, the charm quark, the top quark. We're left with, for the most part, only the up quark, but there are three different generations of matter. That's it. That's the whole universe. And how many different types are there? Four. There are four different types of matter. There's the up quark, the down quark, the electron, and the electron neutrino. Ah! Could you imagine that? That's the entire universe. The electrons the electron neutrino and the quarks. It's all comes down to three basic levels of energy and four different types. How many forces are there? What are the basic forces that govern the entire universe? Four. There's the weak force, there's the strong force, there's the electromagnetic force, and there's gravity. These are the basic fundamentals of the entire. That's it before getting into any complications of spin and all the other different other matters involved in quantum mechanics, we can sometimes, you know, spin your head. But on a very simple level, I told you just now everything that there is in the universe, three basic levels of energy, which is the three generations of matter, and the four different types, and the four different forces. How many gauge bosons are there? the carriers of these energies. Four. I'm going to give you a surprise in just another minute. But what are the four gauge bosons? There is photons. There are gluons. And then there uh, is the weak force, which is the Z boson and the Y boson. So the gauge bosons, the photon, which is the force carrier of the electromagnetic field the gluons how many gluons are there eight gluons these are the force carriers that mediate the strong force and then there is the z weak boson and then there's the w which is also a weak boson these are two types of weak bosons and these are the force carriers that mediate the weak force now, if you count up all these bosons, all these, not bozos, these bosons, and I know a lot of you have told me you're not all that familiar with quantum mechanics and quantum physics. That's why I'm not going to get into any kind of complications in our discussions. Besides, I'm not a physicist. So really, when it comes down to it, I'm just giving it to you from a layman's pers- uh, perspective, which I believe is pretty accurate. So when we're talking about all these bosons, and then if you include the Higgs boson, which they just discovered not too long ago, they call it, you know, the God's particle. I'm not going to explain to you what the Higgs boson is. You can look it up yourself. But if you include all the bosons that there are, that, that, that the scientists have discovered, how many are there? 12! Ha! Ah. So when we're talking about the gauge bosons, and when we're talking about the 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 forces, and when we're talking about the different basic energy levels, those numbers hit us in the face again and again. Three and four. Okay, I threw in a little curveball over there with the number twelve, but that's not my point today. That's for another discussion. We want to stay focused on the number three and four, the three different basic energy levels, and the four different types of particles, the fermions they call them. Now. Let me tell you something else. I think many of you are not so familiar with all these little details, so I don't want to get too complicated. And like I said, again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a theoretical physicist. So anyways, I really couldn't really get all that very deep into it. But what I'm telling you is for sure 100% accurate. There are parameters that describe the distribution of the electron in the atom. So there is these negative um forces, particles in an atom really takes up almost ninety-nine percent of the entire atom. So there's these electrons. It's funny, you know how and that's another discussion. So where where does when you touch something, it feels pretty solid. But if every atom is 99% empty space, so how does everything feel solid? Okay. I left you with a question. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. But the truth is and the essence of everything, it's all empty space. Okay. With, with, with that having been said, these electrons, right, they are real energies. They're described as particles. Well, you know, depending on whether it's a particle or still a wave before it becomes a particle, but these are, these are the different kind of particles that make up an atom. And there are parameters that describe the distribution Of those electrons in the atom how many parameters how many fixed number of states do quantum physicists describe an electron take a guess four the quantum number is described in four parameters the energy the angular momentum the intrinsic magnetism Spin, okay, that's pretty fancy for a lot of you guys. But in other words, every electron has its own unique, so to say, when you have a lock of four different numbers, every electron has a different combination of these four different parameters. And that's actually what it describes, what's called Pauli's rule, where two of them can't ever take up the same space. But now I think I'm going way ahead of the game. But the point of it, again, is that there are four different parameters of every electron. So what are we seeing again and again at the basic level that describes the identity of quantum mechanics? We're seeing the number 26. We're seeing the number 24. We're seeing the number... Four, and we sing the number three and all of this these numbers are very very powerful at the core level of our spirituality it, 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 these represent the most powerful numbers in the core identity of spiritual energy 26 the numerical value of god's name is essential name you can't get any more powerful than that 24 that incorporates all the books of the bible you you can't you can't get any more powerful than that the connection with the number 24 and the books of the bible represents a very very core fundamental force the number four and the number three i just told you that there are three patriarchs and there are four matriarchs but the reason why there are what makes the number three and the number four so basic comes down to the name of God and it comes down to the ten different faculties and dimensions and tools with which God created the world so when you take the name of God, the name of God is made of four letters Yud and He, vav and He The Yud is the source and the Hoivah, the present, the actual creation is represented in the number three. So in the name of God, which is the essence of creation, the number four and the number three represent the essential numbers that are at the core Of creation and then when those four letters which break down to one and three create the spiritual universe with 10 different tools those 10 different tools break down also into three and four the essential number in the spiritual world is for example in the intellect and i'm going to talk about that in just a moment is three, chachma Bina, and Das. chachma Bina, and Das. These are the three different dimensions of intellect. And then what are the essential number that represents the emotions? Because the intellect influences the emotions, and then that's how things happen in your life, in your body, and how God created the world. You have your head at the top, and then if you think right, and if you think the right things, so then they create and they bring an expression to the emotions. And then from the emotions, it goes to actual deed. There's some other things in between, but it, that's, the, that's the pathway to actual deed. So the intellect, which is primary, is three. The emotions, which is the partner, That works together with the intellect is four. And that's why the patriarchs are number three and the matriarchs are number four, because generally speaking, and this is another discussion males are more intellectually inclined, but they also have emotions. And women are more emotionally inclined and they also have intellect. But men represent more the idea of intellect, and women represent more the cycles of the emotions. Look how all of these things are merging so beautifully together. The fact that God's name is four letters, but then it breaks down into two components, one that is made of three and one that is made of four. And then later on, how that expresses itself in the 10 different tools that God decided to make in order to make this world that break that also into the number three and four, which then later on becomes the patriarchs and the matriarchs that give birth to the Jewish people. And as the Talmud tells us, when we're talking about our patriarchs and matriarchs, even though there's a lot of ancestors to the Jewish people, we don't describe more than three patriarchs and we don't describe more than four matriarchs. That's what the Talmud says. The emphasis is on the number three, those three abraham isaac and jacob and those four sarah rifka rachel and leah look how the whole thing mixes and merges together the numbers and the ideas and the concepts it's mind-blowing don't you catch what i'm telling you now let me tell you something else about the brain the brain we describe the brain on three different levels that's how the brain is, is is discussed. What are the three different levels of the brain? There is the reptilian part of the brain. That's the automatic, that's the part of the brain that influences everything that is the self-preserving patterns within our body. What is above the, um, what goes above the reptilian brain? The limbic brain system. The limbic brain system, and guess what the limbic brain system is mostly responsible for? The emotions, the fight or flight within a person, and all the other different aspects that are more related at a higher level than what's self-preserving and automatic. That's the limbic brain system. What do you think goes above physically in our brain? what goes and develops above the limbic brain system? The cortex, the cerebral cortex. So there are three different levels of our brain. The brain, of course, is the motherboard of our entire identity. Our soul, our consciousness, is expressing itself in these three different levels. Now here is the kicker. That brain The cerebral cortex, the top part of our brain, how many lobes do doctors and scientists divide the cerebral cortex into? Now, even if you're not a brain surgeon, you can probably guess by now how many there are. Four! There are four lobes to the brain. There's the frontal lobe, there's the parietal lobe, the occipital lobe, and the temporal lobe. Well, of course, each part is responsible or through those different parts different aspects of our life we experience whether it's the eye and the occipital lobe whether it's the hearing the temporal lobe whether it's the thinking and the front part of the frontal lobe i mean isn't that amazing in other words the essence of our identity is divided into three and four isn't your mind blowing over these ideas The Torah is so true, it's so accurate. When the Torah is telling us we don't call more than three patriarchs and four matriarchs. You know, the tefillin that we put on, I'm onto the tefillin today, it has on it, on the two sides, it has two different sheens, the letter sheen. On one side, the letter sheen has three heads. On the other side, the sheen has four heads. A lot of ways to explain the reason how that comes about. But it's written in the books that when you put on your tefillin, you take it off every single day. When you look at the three heads, you should think of the three forefathers. When you look at the four heads of the other sheen, you should think of the four matriarchs. Now, let me ask you something. After I just connected all these numbers together and you're putting it on your head and the tefillin of the head influences, it elevates it makes more spiritual your brain, your thinking. That's what the books say. How many numbers is essential to the brain? I just told you. I just gave it to you. The reptilian brain, the limbic brain system, and the cortex, three. And it's divided into, you got three and four. And the books say that your head and your brain is strengthened by the putting on of this film, which has a three letter sheet and a four letter sheet on it which is expressed by the three patriarchs and the four matriarchs are you going crazy here or not listening to all these things when the jewish people traveled in the wilderness you know how they traveled how did they travel there's 12 tribes okay i touched upon it just a minute ago when we were talking about the gauge bosons and we said that the uh gauge bosons we write we can make we can make 12 out of it But not to get, I said, too complicated today. When the Jewish people traveled in the desert, how did they travel? The 12 different tribes. They divided into four different, so to say, side camps. And there were three tribes on each side. So in other words, this vessel, the Torah tells us that the tabernacle and the way the Jewish people traveled represents it was a vessel for the presence of God through their encampment for the whole universe. You had the core, the nucleus, in the middle, and all of the energy that it was around it. How was it divided? I just told you the four sides and three tribes on each side. Isn't that not mind blowing or what? Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not excited with the information I'm sharing with you now, you need to take a Q-tip and clean out your your mind a little bit. There's too much muck on it. You got to open up the book of Psalms and pray to God that you should be more sensitive to these truths that are coming through to us through the discoveries of science. We are realizing to take serious what our books tell us to do in order to be connected with the essence of blessing that is in the universe. God, as we discussed in the last couple of podcasts, is the whole universe. But he hides himself through the physical expression of the world. The physical expression of the world hides godliness. But if you're looking at it with the right set of eyes, today more than ever we are coming to realize the trick that God is playing on us by hiding in the physical creation, we are starting to notice more and more the godliness that is inside, that is behind, that is the reason why everything exists. And when you reach that point of recognition, your life becomes transformed on another level. You're on another channel. You're on a higher channel. Your frequency becomes the, the, the vibration Becomes one that is on a on on, on on a on a on a more intense level. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You know, I keep on talking and I say, I put down a watch and I say I'm gonna watch how much time I, I'm gonna speak for, but then I forget to look at the watch. Well, anyways, whatever the case, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'm hoping that I'm gonna hear from you soon what you thought about today's podcast. And you remember we talked about the past podcast if you'd like me to talk a little further or a little deeper on any one particular past podcast my email address is physics of the mystics at gmail.com are the very best of blessings of goodness of godliness to all of you listening and share with your friends this incredible podcast